blockchain is something that you need to constantly check and 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 be and be on the internet and really looking for it what i did for example that's my path as a techie the first thing that i did was okay i need to build one on my own just to check and see and understand well hello hello welcome to the pioneers show the show where we talk with innovators makers entrepreneurs basically people who are creating their own trails and creating their own lives so that we all can learn how to work on our own lives this is episode 6, and I'm your host, Andre de Albuquerque. You can find me at It's the Andre on Twitter and on Instagram, as well as the show at Pioneers Show on Instagram as well. You can check the website as well, that's now live at www.pioneersshow.com. Before I go and explain who the guest is, I would really like to thank Nathan Williams for the introduction. With us today, we have Philippe Stock. Philippe is a Brazilian now living in Berlin, and after being enticed by blockchain technologies, Philippe started building his own technology and is now the CTO of a rather interesting recruiting blockchain company, GustNet. In this conversation, he gave me some hardcore lessons on what the technology does and how any other company will be able to enjoy the structure that his team is building. It's very interesting, and I should point out that Philippe is a very easygoing person, and I truly, truly enjoyed talking with him. So, without any further ado, let's jump into this conversation with my friend, Philippe. Everybody, it's DeAndre here. Welcome to the Pioneer Show. With us, we have today, Philippe Stark. So, Philippe, for people who don't know who you are, care to make a pitch for yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, and by well, the way, thank you so much for taking the invitation and welcome. It's a great honor to have you here. Thank you, Andre. Uh, I'm the CTO and co-founder of Gus Network, and what we're doing is we're doing a blockchain infrastructure for HR. And what this means is that uh, users, companies, and HR partners, uh, they all live in an ecosystem in blockchain, and users get the value for their data. And also automating the whole job seekers' uh, uh, talent acquisition from all sides. So at the end, uh, users get better jobs, better offers, and also tokens for their offers, mm -hmm. and companies get uh, better talent. And also the automation part, is, uh, it's, it's crucial. HR partners can build the apps on top of our blockchain mm -hmm. infrastructure. So you're building a protocol. We're building a, a protocol, exactly. Exactly, it's a platform. So in, in, at the end, it's, it's, it's quite of amazing because when we started, we thought that, okay, it's, uh, it's, it's all about matching mm -hmm. and giving back data to, uh, to HR partners. Because right now, every HR partner, just uh, so that you can understand, like, for example, AI, matching, machine learning, they struggle with two things. They struggle with getting their product, but also acquiring users. And users do not update their data. And that's uh, a huge problem for them. Mm -hmm. So they are not able to do a perfect matching because of that. Okay. And everything is uh, uh, fragmented. So you do not unify that. And what, we, what we're doing is we create a unification, mm -hmm. but also decentralize, decentralizing this whole infrastructure so that uh, partners, they can focus on what they do best. And that is achieving great products and not just acquiring users. Mm -hmm. Users will be in our platform and anyone can access. We even call it data neutrality in a way that means that anyone can join the party. Mm -hmm. Any HR partner can can get access to, you, the, sorry, to the infrastructure. Sorry to sure. When you say HR partner, are we assuming HR agencies or companies that are looking to recruit or both? Both. We're talking about headhunters. So we're talking about uh, companies that use machine learning and AR for match matching. We're talking about companies uh, which have the goal even to demonstrate a career path to, mm -hmm. to user because many users they do not know what to do with their lives and in a way headhunters and those companies mm -hmm. they help people figure it out and there is also another very interesting thing we all live in a bubble even uh, well the, the blockchain the tech the startups and uh, developers marketing uh, we live in a bubble to think that uh, these are the only jobs available out there. But majority of jobs is actually blue-collar jobs. That means um, nurses, uh, truck, truck drivers, uh, and everything who are actually operational in a way. And uh, a lot of companies, they struggle in getting them. You do not have headhunters for nurses. You do not have headhunters for... Uh, 
uh, truck drivers. For cleaning people. For you don't cleaning have. people, anything. And uh, what we do is we open possibilities also for those uh, job seekers. But the idea is to create like different apps since you're creating the dApps or the apps. Or is the idea to create different the apps for different targets? So blue color, white color, programmers, artists, everything on in one big umbrella? Or are we talking about like it's gust? I'm going to gust to look for talent or I'm going to... Uh, card black card powered by Gus Network. Since it is an infrastructure and a protocol, what we do is we provide all the tools necessary for partners to create that. Okay. So in a way, uh, nurse-specific D-app partner will partner with us or just use the protocol in order mm -hmm. to achieve the nurses and uh, and get in contact with them. So it's a, it's a truly uh, open platform for Everybody. I see. So all kinds of uh, job seekers. So you're looking more on the you're creating a platform so that developers can create different apps or dApps mm -hmm. or the apps in this case, yep. so that they can create different ecosystems inside the platform and infrastructure that you're creating on Gust Network to be able to recruit different kinds of people and talent onto different job roles. Yeah, that's that's correct. Okay. Let's take a, a huge step back and go yeah, for sure. for you. Where are you from? I'm from Brazil, and uh, I came to Germany eight years ago. And since then, uh, I've been working with uh, a lot of startups. I was uh, I was the responsible for founding a Brazilian branch company here. We had a very successful exit to GE. Whoa. I w also worked for GE for a while for this uh, for this period uh, while transitioning it. Yes, exactly, transitioning it, and afterwards, then I got it more involved with other technological startups. Um, my latest venture was at NBT mm -hmm. called Mita. I was the CTO there, and uh, NBT is a company builder focused on blockchain and IoT. That's my background for blockchain as well. IoT being Internet of Things. Internet of Things. So exactly. for people that are in the audience that don't know that what even after the IoT onto Internet of Things means is that we're talking about connected devices. For example, the the Fitbits, the the Pebbles, and all those things are connected somehow to a major central database or decentralized database with IOT, I think, yeah. that you can later get data and information. Yeah, those are those are two different concepts. And yes, IOT and blockchain together, it's it's a huge advantage and it's going mm -hmm. to to bring unlimited the technological advance to uh, to all kind of to all kinds of industries okay. in a way. But IoT itself, it's all about connecting any kind of de device From to the internet. From fridges to watches. Yeah, exactly. One question. That's the idea. You're not the first. So just to give you some insight, uh, funny thing, and this is just uh, off the record, but it will be in. You're the sixth person. <laughs> off the record, but it will but be in. In the record. You're the sec sixth person that I'm interviewing. Funny thing, you're the sixth different nationality. Okay. And I've all the six, six interviews I've been personally in Berlin, and I haven't had one German person. I just noticed that. <laughs> Weird thing. Uh, okay, so out of the six interviews, four uh, with you, five have been uh, blockchain related. But there's one thing that I still haven't understood or got a clear message, at least for me, is why is blockchain very important? Even though I work with blockchain, I want someone who's an expert or is much more well-versed in this area to understand and to speak and teach people why is it that important? Why is it revolutionary? Um, because blockchain, it's uh, it's a true internet. It's uh, it's the new internet. It's actually how internet should be, and that is a decentralized way of communicating. It's a peer-to-peer -peer communication, and what blockchain does is much more than transactions and immutability. It's actually creating a decentralizing computing system through, through the world. Mm -hmm. So instead of having silos and servers and big companies holding back all the information and also algorithms and also server mm -hmm. um, processing, what we do is with blockchain, it decentralizes everything. So users and people are back in control. 
a backing control of their functionalities, their data, mm-hmm. and uh, and all the all the features. So that's why it's so revol- revolutionary. And together with IoT, then we, we we also start talking about not only people but device itself. So the whole ecosystem changes. Mm-hmm. We have everything connected to everything in a in a way simpler way and uh, just gen- generating value that's uh, that's why it's so it's it's the hugest it's a big change for all industries it's not it's not about only about financial it's not about the traceability as well it's everything we're doing we're doing hr and it's uh, it's changing everything as well e-commerce uh, websites everything is going to change with blockchain do you do you believe in the brighter future that a lot of the blockchain minds nowadays are selling that blockchain will be as revolutionary as the internet and will be the web 3.0 revolution as facebook myspace twitter all the social medias do you believe that i think i think that on a technological perspective i think that it's even bigger than facebook uh it's uh, it, it is it, it is going to be the new internet. We are everybody saying that that's uh, that's totally a cliche to say mm-hmm. that we are in blockchain is uh, the internet in 1993, and that's totally true. So the next years we're going to see so many business models, so many different things mm-hmm. being built on blockchain and what it can do. Hmm. I mean, and don't the, the main question when something someone tells me this, and the, the main question that I have always directed to me when I try to make this exact point is, yeah, but the thing is that Facebook, for example, Twitter, YouTube, Google have huge financial interest in not making it work, I assume, because if it's decentralizing the data, if it's decentralizing the power, you no longer have one big behemoth saying, nope, I do as I want to do, not as I'm told. So what's the financial interest or why would Facebook, Google or any other behemoth want this to happen? And if they don't, how can they counter-strike that, this revolution? Can they counter-strike it? Yeah, I think, I think that's a very good question. And uh, honestly, uh, I cannot say for sure what's going to happen in, in the next years. So what, uh, what I can say is definitely they, uh, they know that they're being attacked Mm-hmm. And they are aware of uh, of what blockchain can do of and the disrupt uh, the whole the whole system that they created. They can disrupt the whole economy in a way. Um, for, for those companies, of course, actually for for most industries mm-hmm. that uh, that have their data as uh, as a way of generating value. So any industry which uh, which says, okay, I make money with my data, will be disrupted by by blockchain. Uh, the question here is uh, how mainstream blockchain will be, and how fast it will be. Um, how mainstream and how cheap, it I will at the be. same time, no. I think that uh, cheap is definitely on the way, and uh, that's uh, that's already the f- for me. It's it's clear that it's going to be cheaper, and uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's not an issue at all. Uh, the issue is more about uh, okay, what's um, uh, what is the adoption rate? Mm-hmm. So when is it going to be mainstream? And also answering that other question, will it be mainstream? And I definitely think that it will be mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the question is when? Is it going to be in two years? Is it going to be in three years? And once it happens, then there is nothing that Facebook and Google can do about it. So both and uh, Apple and other other companies which based their their financials uh, a lot on data, mm-hmm. they uh, um, they can delay the process in a way, but I I don't believe that they can uh, they can stop it. It's uh, it's already too late. You think so? I think so. And even if uh, there, there was there was another discussion uh, that uh, that we had this week, and it was uh, okay even if a crash comes to cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. and uh, and the whole trust goes goes away uh, on quotations here you can see it but it will be the same <laughs> thing probably as the crash in 2000 
Yeah, in a way, but uh, but it, it'll be a crush, but the technology itself, it's there. So uh, it's going to be a breakthrough anyways. Hmm. That's interesting. I've, um, that's a different perspective from what I've been hearing. And it's refreshing, I think, and thank you for that. Um, so let's get back to your... Okay, so let's get back. So what have you been hearing that... Uh, I mean, companies might then stop blockchain and, or are, are they going to do a partnership and then create something like Amazon did, which is totally bullshit. Like, uh, what did Amazon do? Uh, Amazon just uh, just released like a way of uh, of creating a blockchain, but it doesn't make any sense. It's like uh, on AWS. Yeah. Like so it's offering AWS on. Uh, so centralized, decentralized. Uh, yeah. What no, is that? What I've <laughs> been hearing, What I've been hearing is that. It, the 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 price of maintaining and the the the, the speed at what at what blockchain usually work at it's not going to be enough for the fast paced life that we nowadays live thanks so it's to the question of scalability scalability mm-hmm. and the scalability entangled with speed and with price not only for the company itself but at the same time for the user if it's too expensive to do something they will not, might not want to do it. This is point one, things that I've been hearing. And other things that I've been hearing is that bigger companies, if they have the financial incentives, imagine you, and we'll get back more onto to your side of the Gus network, but it's assuming that you want to work specifically with LinkedIn, imagine. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but we'll get to that. And sure. LinkedIn might say, yeah, that's interesting, but if you're going to take money out of me, why would I be a part of you? Are you trying to cannibalize my business? Which I don't think it's interesting. And then Microsoft will say, hell no, we paid quite a big premium for this. So what I've been reading and hearing is that it's very interesting and eventually a specific percent of the population will be enough to maintain governments and big companies on check because if anything goes to shit, everyone will have a better alternative. But even so, it's hard to leave existing ecosystems. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's the, the, that does make sense. But uh, we've heard that before. We've heard that before when the internet was starting to 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 come to uh, to life. The the same the same issues. Oh, it's not scalable. Oh, it's going to be a niche thing. Oh, it's uh, it's going to be for for it's only a couple things. It's the biggest niche in the world. Probably. Yeah, that, and that's not my phrase. It's Bill Gates. Bill Gates said that about blockchain. No, about internet. The internet's going to be a niche thing. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the the running gags uh, that we have on on blockchain as well, because uh, uh, that's what uh, what people what people said. And every time that a new technology arrives, uh, th- there are issues. I'm not saying that uh, blockchain as it is right now mm-hmm. is perfect and suitable for all applications, and it's uh, it's amazing. No, there are issues, and those issues are being tackled. So, so scalability, scalability, it is an it is an issue. That's been tackled. But who's, who's tackling it? Because one of the, the the other questions that I have usually on myself when I'm listening to podcasts, going to the gym, is how do you tackle something that's open source and in theory you cannot change it? This is my assumption. I'm not a tech guy. Mm-hmm. I work in tech, but how do you address a problem in the source code? Well, you change it. <laughs> but can you change something without damaging the things that are behind? Because from what I understand is that blockchain is immutable to the behind things. Every time you want to create something, you have to check from behind. Yeah, the, uh, there are two different aspects there. Okay. One, one thing is, for example, uh, what are we changing? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we changing the way the protocol works so that it's more scalable? Then that's possible. That's something that Ethereum is already doing. And there are other platforms coming up with new ideas and uh, creating new platforms and creating exactly new ways of doing blockchain, which tackles exactly those problems of uh, scalability and uh, creating stable environments so that it can scale to all applications that we have ahead of us. Mm. So the protocol you can change, it is a a question of uh, also adoption. If people... Because since it is decentralized, the people has have to agree upon a protocol. And how do they agree? Is it a pop pop up message saying, "Do you agree?" or is it something? Ad- it's an adoption thing. 
So people adopted then the new protocol. It's just uh, the way it has been doing, for example, the change between uh, proof of work and proof of stake in Ethereum. Of course, then the first, uh, the first, all, most of transactions will still be proof of work for for a time, mm -hmm. but then at uh, at a paced time, it is going to change of to proof of uh, proof of stake until then all transactions are proof of stake and then we are mm. talking about a more energy efficient uh, uh, blockchain solution interesting and going back to your time at next big thing so what was the name of the company meter what did it do we we were in the prop tech uh, industry that's uh, property uh, technologies. Mm -hmm. So we, we were building the infrastructure, the IoT infrastructure for buildings. So uh, it was uh, it was uh, creating um, protocols available for tenants so that uh, the adoption of IoT for them and IoT solutions uh, is much simpler. That's, uh, that's the problem that we are tackling. <laughs> so in a way it would be Maybe I can explain. I, I can see by your face that my explanation wasn't that good. It, it probably was that good, but <laughs> let's assume. Yeah. That. So uh, in a simpler way, would be like the app store for IoT in buildings. So we would uh, come, mm -hmm. give the infrastructure, and for example, oh, you want a smart uh, a smart key or uh, or a smart entrance to uh, to your building. Mm -hmm. Then uh, it would be a matter of just. Uh, buying a simple hardware and everything would work uh, seamlessly. Oh, that was the idea. And you could expand that to many other applications. For example, we all know that we're growing older. So if you need, for example, assistant, assistant living in your house, mm -hmm. you're, you're old and you need the, the, this care. And that's uh, complicated to set up nowadays. So what we are tackling is, okay, you buy just uh, one simple equ equipment and it doesn't have to be ours, it could be third party, but the infrastructure, that means then the protocol, the communication was already there mm -hmm. and people could just like uh, install it. It would be, for example, also another example, um, Philips Hue lamp. Instead of uh, buying then the bridges that you have to buy in order to communicate because they communicate using Zigbee. Mm -hmm. The Zigbee protocol is already then in the building and the only thing that you have to do is install the lamp and it works seamlessly. Interesting. And That's what we're doing. And what, how would you... Con so basically you created something to connect every device on a building and if someone just wanted to get a smart fridge, you just had to install it and it would be a part of the main... Yeah, if, if the smart fridge... Yeah, exactly. It, it, it was about... Uh, having an easier way of connecting devices in your in your building, have, having the infrastructure already there. So was it like a backend to be able to integrate with different IoT devices? Yeah, in a way, yes. Interesting. And so and you said that that was when you first got in touch with blockchain or you, you already were in touch with blockchain before? I was in touch with blockchain because of the company builder. NBT was IoT, IoT and, and blockchain. blockchain. Okay. So we had many exchanges there, and uh, we're talking all about blockchain and uh, and how how to use it. We're going crazy, and it's it's kind of funny. But as a techie, when you realize the how blockchain can change everything mm -hmm. and what's behind the technology, then you go crazy. You really see it, and you. And, and you have to do something. I found it very interesting that, that this is something that everybody that who's at some point an entrepreneur or is a builder is categorically very optimistic. And I think that usually when you're talking about, at least in the blockchain area, when it's a techie and some techie does or sees the potential, it just has to drop everything in that's like, oh my God, this is the thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's so what I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> So let's imagine that I'm a tech, a techie on a Philips, on GE, mm -hmm. and I are a student leaving a CS school. How do I learn more about blockchain? And please don't tell me read the white paper for Bitcoin. No, I would say there is a new thing called the internet, and you can Google <laughs> a couple of things there. It's still online. It hasn't been substituted by blockchain yet. 
But uh, <laughs> no, but any specific thing, any book, any <laughs> blog, anything that you read that you would. Man, I think that uh, that's uh, that's very interesting because uh, um, if if I give you a path right now is already outdated. <laughs> <laughs> Blockchain is something that you need to constantly check and 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 be and be on the internet and really looking for it what i did for example that's my path as a techie mm-hmm. the first thing that i did was okay i need to build one on my own just mm-hmm. to check and see and understand mm-hmm. so uh, um, i built a simple blockchain based on python so that i could learn all the principles behind it mm. and uh, and after that then it's it's all about uh, well, learning by doing. I, I'm a big believer of learning by doing. Oh, me too. Me too. So, yeah, get your hands dirty, learn a programming language, uh, read a little bit. Uh, there are great tutorials. I'm not going to recommend one because seriously, it's already outdated, the one that I did. Okay, and if we go a little step further behind on the blockchain area, because that was the main problem when I heard, when I first started getting interested in blockchain and the blockchain tech space, was that... 99% of the things that I found out on the internet by my own without being recommended was it already a step too far from what I was starting. So it hmm. was assuming that I had already had some knowledge. Hmm. And I think okay. that's the biggest problem with blockchain right away or right now for people who don't know anything about blockchain or are not programmers is that there's no simple 101 where you can just read it as a normal person and not, not as a techie or as a mathematician. Yeah, that's actually a problem to be tackled because uh, that's something that uh, even when we are explaining us and we're explaining to people uh, how how the technology behind uh, works, it's it's tough. It's not mm-hmm. it's not uh, it's not that trivial. As uh, someone, some if if you have if you have. Um, um, my, myself, I'm an, elect- an electrical engineer, so I do have a tech background. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to 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 really understand. So you start a little bit, and then after a couple of weeks, months, then you get all the base concepts, mm-hmm. and uh, you start from there. But you're right; there is there isn't enough material for people who are non-techies about blockchain and how to understand it. I would recommend also, like there are a couple of animations on YouTube. But that's very they good. They do actually help, and that's what we're doing with uh, with, um, with, with some yeah with some investors. Whenever we send our pitch deck, we also recommend a couple of videos. Can you send those to me? Because I would like, yeah, love to, c- to put them on, yeah. on the show notes because I think that's... Because I remember I was talking with someone who was here in Berlin before I came to Berlin and she was at a meetup for blockchain. And she was telling me, I went to the blog, the, the meetup, people were very interested, but I didn't understand a single thing. Because, and that's the, she was feeling the same thing as me. So it assumes that you're at a point where you understand the simple, the, the, the simple words, the basic words. And if you don't understand them, there's a lack of information and, inform- and education for people like me. And you kind of have to force yourself to go through a stepping stone. But at the same time, I was actually having dinner with my girlfriend yesterday and mm-hmm. she was once again trying to understand what's blockchain. And then I told her this very simple thing is that, how does the internet work? Oh, it's simple, you go to www. No, no, how does it work? Okay, I don't know. So I think that's what I think that people in blockchain area want to do. They don't want to explain it. They just want it to make it happen so that in 3, 5, 10, 15 years, it's a commodity. How does blockchain work? Yeah, it just does. I think that's the goal, yeah? That's totally the goal. But that's also what's uh, what's happening. Like for users itself, right now, yeah, of course, then we have token sales and uh, people who invest who have to uh, to to get a little bit of knowledge. But for the user itself, mm-hmm. the difference between an app application and a blockchain application is going to be zero. So In terms you, of UI and UX. Exactly. In terms of uh, how do you how do you experience the experience the whole thing? Mm-hmm. It's it's going it shouldn't it it should be seamless. Then that's also the objectives of people who are creating D apps and also blockchain applications solutions mm-hmm. tackling problems and not only and and not only the um, yeah of course then for example platforms like Ethereum mm-hmm. and EOS then of course then you have to be a techie to understand it of and course. to program it but uh, the 
the ones creating solutions, infrastructures or protocols for other mm-hmm. solutions like we are, then for the users itself, it needs to be a seamless um, transition. I think now from what you just said, what I get is, and this is the first thing that came to mind is, you can, you want the person to be able to log into a website and be able to use it. It doesn't have to understand how automatic built WordPress. Yeah. And I thought, actually, that's very interesting. I exactly, that's that's the thing. For example, whenever, what, what you were asking right now is, uh, oh, I, I would like to log into my Gmail account. Can mm-hmm. you send me please a video how the internet mm-hmm. works? <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I do. We are sending videos of how blockchain works because uh, mostly for investors and mm-hmm. partners so that they can understand a little bit. But for the user itself, is a little bit awkward if you think about it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, and let's go now to Gust. Yeah. So it's a platform that's, is it, I assume it's solely focused on recruiting. No matter where in the spectrum you fall, either blue collar, white collar or wherever, but it's focused on recruiting. Yeah, we are focused on recruiting. Why? How did you come up to recruiting after building an IoT for business, for buildings <laughs> rather? Well, my co-founder is an HR expert and uh, we, we got together and we're thinking, okay, we need to do something blockchain that's, uh, that's revolutionary. Uh, so let's come up with ideas. And, uh, and it started as a joke. He said to me, well, we're coming up with, uh, with ideas and different and, uh, and, and ways of solving mm-hmm. problems. And uh, he just started as a joke. Oh, let's put the users in, on the blockchain for <laughs> recruitment. And then I thought for two seconds and I said, actually, Dennis, that makes totally sense. Let's do it. And, uh, and here we are then. Okay, so let's put it, uh, let's go to, for the simpler way. Sure. You create a platform and I create a, an application to recruit nurses. Actually, let's, let's make a different, okay. uh, a different approach. Let's, uh, let's make an example of you, Andrea. Okay. okay. So uh, you, you get into our infrastructure. There is a simple login. Mm-hmm. Uh, login can be from us, from us, from our side, from Gust. The login it can be from a, a third party that uh, that LinkedIn, uses Google. that uses our infrastructure as well. Okay. So it's it should be seamless. And you log in and you have an account and you have a password. Mm-hmm. And you put your information, and you, you it's self-sovereign information. So that means that, mean? that means that you are in control of your data. You're in full control of your data. If you want to delete your data, you delete your data. Nobody will have your data. We're using IPFS right now. It can be that in the future it changes. There, there are IPFS new technologies. Being the being is an interplanetary file storage <laughs> system. I know the name is uh, it's kind of uh, <laughs> funny, but the technology behind is is amazing. So okay. it's uh, you generate the, you generate the data. Mm-hmm. And then you can uh, you make it available to other people so okay. they can download it directly from you. So the idea is following. Then you generate your data and you're in control of your data. My data being my professional data, career goals, skills. Exactly. All, all this data. And uh, there is then a difference between public data and private data. So public data is the data that you put uh, so people can see you but you're still anonymous and nobody can reverse engineer to find out who you are. So in a way, it would be, for example, the skills that you have. What can you do? For example, myself, I'm a programmer. I I would assume for you, maybe amazing podcaster. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, maybe, maybe. (laughs) Let's assume I've done sales, so let's put uh, sales. Sales. And, uh, and then you put your goals. So what do you want to achieve? Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a couple of other settings as well. For example, are you, are you open for new job positions right now or not? Okay. Or you do not want to receive any job opportunities. Uh, where do you want to go? Uh, what, what, what kind of companies do you want to work for? Mm-hmm. Is this only big companies or are you open for startups? Or, or is it or only en- startups? Or NGOs. Or, or NGOs, whatever. Then you can, you can already think about the possibilities right now. And that's the private data, the, the public data. And the private data, then it has your full CV. 
So what happens is once you log in and you put this information, you start then receiving. If you want, if you put on the settings, oh, mm -hmm. I'm open for, uh, for job opportunities, then you start automatically receiving job opportunities from other companies. It can be that a company directly contacts you. It can be that you're contacted by a headhunter. It can be that it's an, an AI matching mm -hmm. HR. But in a way, is you start receiving those requests mm -hmm. and... You can automate that or not, but you can then accept each request per hand or automate it. And per request, you receive tokens for that. You say how much is your private data worth. So you say, okay, I would like 20 but, tokens for, but is the for public, my private data. But is the public data customizable enough for someone? Imagine, imagine that we have, are both of us mm -hmm. have our public data. I can lie on my public data and say that I'm a best programmer in the world. And we're both open to the, the possibility. And I say, my skills in Python are the best in the world. I created Python. There's no one in the world better than me. You have to pay me 100 tokens, and you are way better than me. And you say, no, my public data is way, my private data is worth five tokens. Mm -hmm. How can you protect against this bullshitter? Well, uh, on that way is is the following. We do have uh, a validation, and that's actually even okay. something that you are that you're working for. Validation on the on the person mm -hmm. itself. So you're still anonymous, but ah. you have a validation that you do exist. You're not a robot. Mm -hmm. You do exist, and uh, by doing that, we're preventing that. Uh, okay, uh, if I lie mm -hmm. and I get caught, I will be somehow. For example, from the apps, they will know and they will never pay you again. And you, in a way, for them, you'll be blacklisted. And but that's isn't something that, that you also, you're also avoiding. But how can you, sorry for interrupting, but how can sure. you, I assume that decentralization is taking the chance of one body of work or one person, be mm -hmm. a company or one member saying, you no longer can be a part of this. But if you're putting this, are you putting like a, a, a line in the code saying that if this happens, no matter if it's decentralized or centralized, if this person lies, this person can no longer be a part of the network? No, it's not on the code. And that's not the problem that we're tackling. Okay. okay. That's also another thing that we need to uh, to separate. Mm -hmm. For example, how many bullshitters are on LinkedIn? Hundreds, thousands. Millions. Okay. Is that the problem that they're tackling? They don't care. Yeah. Most people, but people are how, not paid how on many people, How many people? How many people lie on their on their CVs? Hundreds of millions, billions. Okay, okay. That's uh, that's <laughs> not the problem that we're tackling. We're tackling the problem that job seeking mm -hmm. and talent acquisition sucks. We're tackling the problem that for each job application you take at least three hours. Have ever what, what? When was the last time that you actually looked for a job? Before how many, coming, yeah. To this how trip. many hours did you spend looking for a job? Weeks. Weeks. We're talking about weeks. That's the problem that we're tackling. Everybody goes whenever we talk about HR. People think directly. Oh, but validation. No, validation is not the problem. The problem is people are spending weeks to find a job, if not months. And companies are spending months and a lot of money to find mediocre, mediocre talent. Why? Because only the, only 5% of people of job seekers are actually actively looking. 95% are not. That's the problem we're tackling. 95% of people are just waiting for something to come out of the heaven and then maybe change their positions to a better one. That's the problem we're tackling. We're tackling that people who look for jobs, it's a hassle. Companies who look for talent is a hassle mm -hmm. and people are losing opportunities. That's the problem. Okay, and so let me get this straight. So if I see if I'm understanding this and sorry if I'm still butchering the idea. So yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> so let's assume this. Um, you're reverse engineering kind of indeed so I am, as a job seeker, I get, I get connected by the job creators. Yeah, well, we're not reverse engineering or changing. It's just that, uh, um, okay, now it's another cliche. It's what Ford said. 
if people, uh, if, if they asked before, uh, what do you want? They would say, please give me just uh, better horses mm -hmm. and not a car. Job boards sucks. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. That's the point. So we're not reverse engineering anything. We're just changing the way it. You're creating a car and not a. We're creating a, a car and, and not, not a stable. Uh, and not putting shoes on uh, on horses. Hmm. That's a an interesting analogy. One last question before we go into the um, to more more of a fire round. Just yeah, to, I don't like fire rounds. Just uh, just let it's you know, Andre. It's going to be good. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um. So, in terms of uh, HR partners, just to see if there's anything that anyone in the in the audience might be able. So, is it like an agency, an HR agency like ZipRecruiter, even LinkedIn? Are these reachable partners? Are these partners that you? We are. It's it's that's a very interesting question because for HR partners, we are we are since we our target. Are the users mm -hmm. we're not targeting companies we're not targeting where hr partners make money so recruitment agencies we're just facilitating them mm -hmm. to a larger pool of candidates something that they already do with linkedin right now mm -hmm. but the only difference is that on on linkedin they have mediocre filters mm -hmm. they cannot find the people and they're pinging manually everybody oh do you want a job do you want a job how many how many uh, uh job um Uh, job messages do you receive and even if you are if you if you have another position mm -hmm. people are just pinging you to to offer something else mm -hmm. and sometimes you just don't want so that's the hassle that we are tackling and solving so to answer your question mm -hmm. more directly any partner who is involved in recruitment is a partner of us we're not getting to the companies directly mm -hmm. So anyone can join our infrastructure. Companies can join our infrastructure, but but you're uh, not going to be reaching. We out are for not them. going to be reaching out for them. They can create a D app for them. For example, BMW or Volkswagen. Mm -hmm. They are so big that they can create a D app for them. But any HR partners, any headhunters, they can uh, they can use our infrastructure. We do not believe that every single hospital in this world will 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 have their own application to find nurses mm -hmm. but that's going to be a d app two questions out of that is it going to be okay imagine that we're on gus network and we have nurses for all or nurses for us let's assume that's a d app that someone okay. created is it supposed nurses to on blockchain nurses on blockchain <laughs> nurses on blocks wait nurses on blocks Is it supposed to be, just so that I can wrap my mind around this in, the, in taking the nurse perspective, is it each hospital, in theory, is it to create its own D-app or is it to create like nurses on blocks and every nurse, like a group, is on that block so that hospitals can then filter out. So people in Berlin, these are the available nurses in Berlin. Let's look out for them. Is that an idea? Well, all the nurses would be at our infrastructure, at, at Gus Network. Yes. The D app, what it would be, would be a way of hospitals connecting them to okay. the nurses. So each, okay, let me see. So, so if I got it. so each D app, it's not a, a, a focus for the the talent to be there. It's just a way to pick out people from the pool of talent. Exactly, exactly. Got it. Yeah. Okay, I'm smarter now. <laughs> <laughs> Or I explain extremely poor. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll have to listen to our, to this podcast later. And uh, but, you, but was it? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's the way of thinking it. I like. I really like that idea because then. Thank you. <laughs> it's okay. a nice idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, when people realize the potential and how it works, it makes totally sense. Oh, okay. What, have you thought of maybe reaching out to, to universities? Yeah, that's also going to be. We're already having talks with uh, with uh, HR partners who are focused on graduates, new graduates. Because that's because that's a an constant stream of incoming talent. Yeah, of course, that's also a possibility. But that's going to be a D app. We provide all the infrastructure and all the functions for people to have. When you say D app is D app, okay. One question: Do you have also D apps to onboard new people? Do you have to create a D app to onboard new talent? It can be our D app, but also 
third-party D apps to to uh, to onboard people, ah. verification D apps to verify mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. on uh, on the infrastructure on Gust. So the you whole can also, ecosystem it's it's open. So you can create D apps to verify any kind of thing that you get from Udemy. You can okay, this person did in fact get verified on a PHP course on Udemy, and he passed with flying colors. It here is on Gust. It's verified. Is that can that be, be a D app? Or we are not. That could be a D app, but then the information of the verification wouldn't be on on our infrastructure. We yeah, are of not. We're not verifying. Uh, oh yeah, For no. example, uh, quality or mm -hmm. or skills because uh, that generates uh, the Amazon. Uh, yeah, yeah, customer the reviews. Amazon customer reviews problem, and that's something that we're avoiding. <laughs> that's not the problem we're tackling here. As I said. We're tackling the problem that it's a hustle for yeah, everybody to find jobs. I really enjoy that idea. Okay, before we go into the fire round. Um, <laughs> okay, that's a very... <laughs> very radio voice. Very radio... Uh, what is the name of it? I got, I don't radio know. broadcast voice. Yeah, it's... Radio uh, 123. <laughs> um, we have one nice question from, from the audience. Which audience? <laughs> Did 15,000 people who are around us right who now? Who are already <laughs> listening to us. We have a question from the audience. That's from Nathan, the person that, that introduced ah, okay. us. Okay, okay. Uh, and the, his question is, what's the most effective way to recruit talented team members and high-profile advisors? Uh, that's a very, very interesting <laughs> question. Um, I would definitely say using Gust. But <laughs> <laughs> but since we're not online yet, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, right now we are doing the manual way, man. We are pinging people on LinkedIn, and but how do you do sucks. filter through them? Uh, it sucks. It's a terrible filter, and you have to spend hours on on it. It's uh, it's uh, very very tedious. Job. So in some way, let me see if I get it. You're but you have to be very good on pitching. But at so the same time, you're you creating only, you trust for yourself as well, because this can be good for you guys as well. It, it's good for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Let sure. me do that in a sexy voice. It's good for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. So it sucks. Let's it put sucks. it this way. It sucks. And that's, uh, yeah. But what's the most... But okay. we're not creating us for ourselves. But what's we're the most effective way so for far? The road. Of course. Most effective way is uh, for talent, creating a brand, having amazing product, uh, people loving the idea, people really understanding it and seeing, okay, you are generating value. You're not creating an e-commerce uh, website. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing against people creating e-commerce right now, but uh, our product is amazing. That's so we get we get people on board, mm -hmm. and also the most effective way is a clear pitch, a nice uh, LinkedIn introduction, and don't be scared to approach people. Don't be scared of talking to people. Don't be scared of just reaching out and asking. And for high profile advisors, is it the same thing? Same thing. Same thing. Do just you, go do for you, it. Do you usually look for introductions, or you just? Hadog. I think that both works. Mm -hmm. Introductions works, but uh, if you don't have an introduction, don't wait for it. Okay. If you if you do want something, just go for it. I like it. If you do, yeah. if you want something, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Let's go for the fire round. Oh my god. So this is how it works. I'll ask you a question or say a sentence, and then you have sixty seconds to answer it. Sixty seconds. Sixty seconds. Okay. What's the book or the one to three books? that have influenced you the most? I would definitely say The Little Prince. Okay. My girlfriend has <laughs> a tattoo. <laughs> no, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. She has okay, a tattoo. I was going to you do. know the, the, the thing like, of the elephant and like, the, uh, the hat? Okay. The hat elephant? My girlfriend has it tattooed here on her. I'm not kidding. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I really enjoy also uh, Italian uh, author. Okay, the little the little prince was actually a joke, but okay, I know, I, I, that was amazing <laughs> how it spin it up. Anyways, and I really enjoy a very a very nice uh, author, Italian author, mm -hmm. which is called Italo Calvino, mm -hmm. and he has made a couple of uh, a couple of books. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, the most amazing one for me are the invisible cities mm -hmm. and the difficult loves. Why? I don't know if it is the correct translation because I only know in Portuguese. So it's I'll, the Dages Invisibles. I look for it and Amores Difíceis. Uh, why did they influence you the most? Any specific? I think that they didn't influence me the most mm -hmm. because I'm a very practical guy. So I do not want to talk about technical books mm -hmm. and uh, all those uh, those other books, uh, self-help books of, or mm -hmm. self-development. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not what I would like to talk about here. But uh, it's uh, it's about reading something that uh, trigger emotions. And I think that those, those books, trigger. Uh, they trigger emotions. It's very interesting. Okay. What's your favorite tool slash the tool you wouldn't be able to live without? The tool I wouldn't... Uh, okay. Apart from <laughs> computer and uh, and It can phones, be an app. It can be an app as well. Yes. Yeah. I would definitely say my screwing machine because uh, my screwing machine my boa machine yeah i don't know the name of, of the english uh, uh like a drill like a drill exactly i think that's the most amazing thing because it's uh, it's something that whenever you you put in your hands you instantly have ideas <laughs> I'm just kidding, Andre. Ah. <laughs> I'm believing you. No, but what, what was is it? Computer and phone then? Definitely. Any definitely. Other, any I other? couldn't. I couldn't live with my computer. But I can substitute any app. I do not. Uh, I'm not like an app guy who says, "Okay, I cannot live without this." I'm a very flexible guy. So right now, I do have a Mac, but it, I switch it to Linux. I wouldn't go back to Windows though. Ah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but they are since uh, since uh, a couple of years they are members of the Linux Foundation mm -hmm. and uh, it's changing a lot. I My must I must say they are changing Linux a lot. Linux is very interesting. I Linux think. Foundation, Windows is a member of Linux Foundation. That's why they're changing it. It's amazing what they're doing. Yeah, they're really Microsoft, the, Microsoft. Microsoft has been changing a lot, a lot in the years. Microsoft but, is, in a way, it's, it's. I have a feeling that they're the new app, Apple. Uh, I don't know. I know everybody's saying I, that, but uh, I must say that in the last years, I really do have the feeling I mean, that I think, Microsoft was better than Apple. I think Apple. I is love a, Mac. I love. I love Mac. I'm an Apple fan, even though I have an Android phone now. Uh, it was because I got tired of the iPhone things that I've been screwing you see? up. Things are changing, but I don't. I, I every time I look into a Windows computer, I'm lost. I don't understand it. It crashes. I don't like it. Yeah, maybe because you still have Windows 98 installed. No, 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 no. The 10. It's weird. Okay. Um, okay. Tell me something you've changed your mind about in the last six months. Blockchain. <laughs> Can you go a little bit deeper into it? Yeah, definitely. It's not in the last six months, it's in the last one year. Mm -hmm. I always saw the possibility on the financial part, mm -hmm. and I always said, okay, that's going to be a niche thing. Mr. <laughs> Gates, and, <laughs> welcome, uh, to, welcome to the show. It's a yeah. great pleasure to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, But it really, I really changed my mind. Hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's spectacular what's, okay. uh, what's going to happen. Uh, if you started today from scratch, you just finished your college degree, you have all your knowledge, but if you started today from scratch, where would you focus? What would you do first? Uh, if I had all my knowledge yes. right now? Yes, but you didn't have enough experiences. You had almost no resource. So, so you're talking about the same position that, uh, that uh, I, I was when I started Gust. <laughs> Let's assume so. So you would start Gust. So I would start Gust. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then let's put it this way. If you weren't yeah. doing Gust, what do you think you would be doing? Honestly, I love technical parts. So uh, I love the technical part, but I'm also a little bit of business guy and I love sales. Mm -hmm. So I love uh, bringing technical things to people and involving them and showing them uh, what are the what are the possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, I think that with the knowledge that I have right now, I would definitely just build something on uh, again. Any any kind of venture, I would start right away another venture after college. With the knowledge that I have right now, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have. Uh, I, I I would have all the the toolkit necessary mm -hmm. and the mindset because I think that that's what miss. So it's, what would be the first the step? The first step would be go go onto a computer and start building something. 
Well, it's not a, it's not about only like on the computer okay. itself, but you get the, uh, the drill. First step, the first step is definitely get a drill, <laughs> <laughs> build something on your own, mm-hmm. because that's very important. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you do a, a table on your own, if you build a chair on your own, if you paint uh, something on your own, you learn something, and that's very valuable. And when once you're done with that, then you can you can really okay, I did that. I'm able to do it. Mo- a lot of things mm-hmm. and with that mindset then just go for it think of something think think of a problem that you want to tackle and uh, and just start and get someone great on board because doing things alone is sucks so and get a I'm partner very very happy with my co-founder dennis he's just like the best co-founder in the world so dennis you've got here <laughs> the best partner in the world because he's <laughs> He's telling you that, tell, talking everybody about you. Okay. Yeah, he knows about it. Uh, if someone wants to find you and talk with you, where can they find you? They can find me still on LinkedIn. I'm still. just kidding. <laughs> I don't think that LinkedIn is going to cease to exist. I mm-hmm. think that LinkedIn, we're not building a social social mm-hmm. network. Uh, people can reach me on LinkedIn. They can also reach me on email. Um, Philippe. F-E-L-I-P-E dot dot. Stark, like S-T- Tony Stark, like yeah, like, the, like all the Iron Starks, Man. yeah, like Iron Man, <laughs> but also Game of Thrones Starks. So yeah, it's it's a lot of reference right now. <laughs> At Gust G U S T dot network. Fantastic. Okay, as a parting piece of guidance, what's the best advice you've ever got? You've ever gotten? Best advice you've ever received. Man, I've received so many advices that were that were were good. Okay, l- let's put it this way. Yeah, it's crazy. Say an advice or leave an advice for our audience. I think it's um Okay, I'm going to give you one advice. Um and that's a very good one. Start meditating. Hmm. Um since I, yeah, I'm a Vipassana meditator. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went to a 10 course day, no communication, 12 hours a day. Meditation was the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vipassana? Vipassana. It's, it's a, crazy. It's, a, it's a sort of meditation? Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of meditation. So it's a technique. And you learn by, by doing it. And it's amazing because it's very... I think it's it's focused for people who are who are scientists in a way because mm-hmm. the way the process works is you do something and then afterwards you receive the validation and you see and you and they say to you hey this is what you felt right mm-hmm. it's not the other way around like oh do this in order to feel this mm-hmm. no it's do this and then you do it for 12 hours and then they say oh this is what you felt and it's exactly that and after the 10 days, it's crazy. It's uh, it, your life and your perspective really changes. How often do you meditate? I meditate every day. How long each session? Right be? now, I'm only meditating 30 minutes. I definitely recommend one hour a day. Can it be 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon? Yes, yes. Vipassana itself, it says one hour in the morning, one hour in the in the afternoon. I think that that's almost impossible to reach. Mm-hmm. But half an hour every day, it's very, very good. And the amount of concentration that you get, I well, I cannot say that I was a defocused person. I, w- I was always very focused and very disciplined. Mm-hmm. But uh, the meditation, it gave me another level. Interesting. I love to... T- uh, Vipassana. Vipassana. V I. V-I-P-A-S-S-A. S-S? Yes. Vipassana. Hmm. I'll have to take a look. N-A. I've, I've heard a lot about... I'm Trent- terrible on, on spelling. Like uh, the I've, worst ever. I've had people talk with me about uh, transcendental meditation. That's the one that Ray, Dal- Ray Dalio uses yeah. every day since the 70s. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Mm, but Some, uh, <laughs> some so, animosity between meditators. Well, uh, let's not start a, a warfire here between Android and Apple. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for staying here. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, much so much, Andre. For your advice and for everybody, every piece of your content. Once again, if everybody wants to get in touch with you as his email, everything will be linked up in the show notes. G-U-S-T dot network. 
And yeah. man, it was a great pleasure and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Andre. Thank you so much for plugging into this conversation. I truly feel, even though I am working in the blockchain space, that Philippe gave me a true masterclass on blockchain technologies, like other people in this podcast before. I truly hope that you learned as much or maybe more than I did. Any information that you might have missed will probably be linked up in the show notes. If you enjoyed this conversation, consider subscribing to make sure that this podcast grows and we can get to more people and help everybody be the pioneers of their own lives and careers. Please, if you truly enjoyed this conversation, let me know and leave a rating and review on iTunes or any other podcasting app that you might be listening to this. This show is also available on Spotify. Once again, it was really a great pleasure having you over there and have a great time. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.